0: And welcome to another edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I am one half of the best podcasting tag team in professional wrestling today, the Cerebral Palsy Assassins. They call me the man that's always piercing barriers, Ben Pierce. I am joined, as always... By my Canadian cohort, he is indeed the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. He is known as the Gentleman. He is indeed Elio Canella. And Elio, yes, sir. I'm not, I must confess. Uh-oh. Wait, I am, hold on, hold on.
1: Before you confess.
0: Yes. He, ladies and gentlemen, he is <laughs> he, he is donning his religious outfit. He is donning the collar of a religious man. Tell he me is, your sins, my son. He is indeed the priest of professional wrestling, Elio <laughs> LA Canella. We're gonna get into a lot of things, folks, but you, you're gonna have to kind of give me a little bit of leeway here tonight um because because of a couple of things one factor is that this is the fourth podcast i've i've recorded this week fourth wait what were the other three
1: i know you did one uh, with your with uh, our our good friend the professor but what what are the other three i know i know you did one with wpov I did
0: one with WPOV. I did then I then we did the one on Saturday. Oh that's and, right. We have four all together. You, so yeah. so you did do one on Sunday then? No I did one on Friday, Saturday, th- Thursday, and then actually Friday, Saturday, Tuesday and then tonight. Oh, okay. So
1: you recorded the other one that you were telling me about uh on Tuesday?
0: Right. All right. Very good. Exactly. So I'm a little bit burned out. And then earlier today, I was um, I was watching Survivor Series 96 to get us ready for our retro review. And yes, indeed, the DeLorean is gassed up and ready to go. The flux capacitor is indeed at full capacity.
1: When, the, when this baby hits 88 miles an hour
0: absolutely very good I appreciate that reference very good um, so so you'll have so just a heads up folks this episode is going to be particularly ranty because I have lost my patience uh, <laughs> oh, with, with a lot of uh, different things going on here
1: fans uh,
0: you haven't if you're new to the
1: show <clears throat> when Ben loses his shit, it's not a pretty sight. He, uh, yes. His face turns red. He starts wrecking everything. He destroys his studio. Like, Ben, you're not going to destroy anything
0: tonight, are you? Well, no. No, considering I have I have a dog that's trying to sleep a couple of inches away from all me. Right, all right, good. Thank you, Charlie. You keep well, my co-host from destroying his studio. Well... And he, he appreciates your acknowledgement. He's looking over at me like, what the hell? <laughs> um, but um, but yes, indeed. So let's get started with the evening's festivities. Oh. Uh,
1: all right. So now, of course, tonight we have Monday Night Raw, NXT Dynamite, Survivor Series 96, and Wrestling Roulette. So it's going to be a tight show. And I we well, say we get this started with Monday Night Raw.
0: Yes, indeed, sir.
1: All right. So before that, I'm gonna go over main event, which I don't, I can't believe this is still around. But there were two matches that took place. Wendy Chu defeated Tamina Snuka, and Why? Zion, And Zion Quinn defeated Akira Tozawa.
0: Okay. First, <laughs> first of first of all, uh. It, Please don't bring Wendy Chu up to the main roster with this with this with this Sleeping Beauty gimmick. Just uh, don't no,
1: do it. No, no, you know what? I don't think uh, I is that what that means when they have them on the on main event that they're possibly getting them ready for the roster.
0: Well, yeah, that that I think that's the general practice. Yeah. Yes,
1: but I, 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 yeah, I hope they well. I don't know I mean many works in NXT. I, I like it. I mean, I know Clay's not a fan of hers, although Tony and I are trying to convert him. Well, we're I have... we're, 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 we're trying everything. Apparently, I guess you're right there with him because we're trying to convert you as well. Yes,
0: I, I, I must, I must admit, I'm Team Clay on this one. Right? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. But. um... Yeah, Wendy Chu has not impressed me outside of one match that she had with uh, Tiffany Stratton. But Zion Quinn, this guy, he he
1: has a look. I, I don't know, I feel like he's been ready and like the way they booked him in NXT is just terrible.
0: Yes, um, I I agree. I think he has a very uh, unique look. I mean, what, what, do they, what
1: do they call him, the Samoan Ghost?
0: Um, I'm not sure what his monitor yeah, I, I is. I think that's what that is monitor is. It's a Samoan ghost. Um, but, you know, his booking is just so hot and cold. Like, one week, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, he's a, he's an absolute killer. And then, you know, and then we hear about how he's up against Akira Tozawa, who I, I wasn't even aware still had a job. <laughs> right, um, like- you know, but the, the in all seriousness like um even in, in NXT, you know, we've we've seen him against the likes of a Quincy a Quincy Elliott, a Wesley. He had a he had a series of matches with Wesley. Um of, of course this being um well before Wesley became the North American champion. Mm-hmm. And I am I'm, I'm thinking to my i I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck is going on here? This is not helping um, Zion coin in any capacity. So yep. my my only uh, thought is that maybe Zion isn't progressing as quickly as they would want him to. Um, but you know, other than that, I can't really think of anything because because the guy, I mean, the guy has a look that is like holy shit. Um, yep. you know, um. And uh I mean he, he's like I I would assume for for a lot of you know f- females and I, and I can I can honestly say this, he's like the male version of say like a Nikita Lions. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just he, he's like that ridiculous. Yeah. Um and um so I'll be interested to see where he ends up. Uh, in the future, but I'm I'm very surprised that his booking has turned out the way it has because I I would have I would have thought they would have strapped the rocket to this guy, and for some for some reason they haven't done that. So I'm very surprised.
1: All right, so that takes care of main event. Now we move into Monday Night Raw from the Mohegan Sun in Wilkes Pennsylvania. All right. My uh,
0: high no, oh
1: my god! Oh my god!
0: Oh, what's wrong? Okay, let me let me let me help you there, wow. uh, because Pennsylvania is my neighboring state. It is not Wilkesbury; it is Wilkes Bar, uh, Pennsylvania. They so, said
1: Wilkesbury.
0: Well, they, they they don't know shit.
1: Okay. So. So I'm going off of what they were saying. So because I agree with you, it's looks spelled it spelled bar.
0: Yeah, like B-A-R-R, Yeah, like, that, that, like that, R-R-R. That, that's how you spell bar. Like B A R
1: R Hold on, let me redo it. So Money came to us from the Mohegan Sun, the Mohegan Sun Arena in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania.
0: But then again, folks, before Elio uh, dives into, it, into his highs and lows of, of the show, um. Can I just say, and I'm sure, Elio, you'll agree with me because you informed me that you watched Raw in its entirety, what the fuck was wrong with the crowd on Monday night? They, they, it was, it was like they took NyQuil before they came into the building. <laughs> right? See, you know <laughs> what?
1: It's not the show itself, but if it was a crowd, like, what was it going on there? They, they they sounded it sounded, it was
0: dead most of the show. Now now believe believe me, folks. I understand it being dead. If this was a you know a um, Vince, Vince McMahon Bruce, Man produced show, Uh Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard produced show, I understand that. Believe me, that's why that's why I I have not bought tickets in the last uh, you know, Oh, about um you know, four or five years or so. Because, you know, these shows just absolutely suck.
1: Well, that, um, I told you, the last one I went to was in friggin' 2005. They go home and show it to SummerSlam in 2005.
0: And what a, what a card that ended up being. You know, we reviewed that on the show before, and uh, I'll tell you what, that ladder match for the custody of Dominic I'll I'll, that, I'll,
1: I'll tell you though, SmackDown, that SmackDown was not a good show. The best part was Eddie Guerrero's promo. I mean, because well, like you, they they had I was sitting right in front of the big screen, and and they had the camera right on Eddie Guerrero's face. He was sitting on the, on that ladder, cutting his promo.
0: Oh, okay, so so yeah, that was the one that I'm thinking about. Yeah. Okay. Um. But um. But yeah, it's just these crowds. I don't know what it is. I mean, if it was me, uh, and this was a, I knew that this was not an Vince Man Run show. Mm-hmm. I would be, I would be coming in there, guns blazing, vocal cords warmed up, ready to go crazy. Um, you know, and and was it the best show I've ever seen? No, but. Once again, if if I'm in that audience and I'm spending money to be there, I'm not going to sit on my goddamn hands, um, right. it, Excuse me. It, like, why are you gonna go if you're not gonna like
1: uh, make noise and be loud and just enjoy yourself?
0: You know, a a wrestling show should not be comparable to a church service. It's it just it doesn't work that way. So um, with those comments in mind, um, Elliot, do you want to give your highs and lows Yeah,
1: so so my high points, I gave it to the uh, whole uh, Bloodline New Day segment and the match itself. Although Matt Riddle, you know what? They're starting to go backwards with Matt Riddle with his stupid um, bong references. I thought we'd move past that. I 1,000%
0: agree with you.
1: I thought we had moved past that and, like, Matt Riddle was growing, but apparently they're they're working backwards with him, We're having him do these, say, give these, say these stupid lines. Like, I don't get it. You're not funny.
0: No. I mean, I mean and I,
1: I I don't mean he's not funny, I mean, like, it's not funny when he, when he says these lines.
0: No, no, it's not funny at all. And, um... Uh, you know, maybe that comedy appeals to some people, but they they must be a lot um, a lot younger than I am, or have a lot fewer brain cells because they've been smoking some some good weed.
1: So I also gave another high point to the OC Judgment Day segment and uh, the return of me again. Uh,
0: absolutely, um, you know, I wasn't sure how that would pan out. Um, but I ended up liking it as well, so I absolutely agree. And uh,
1: I have Sean Benjamin, Austin Theory, Miss organo Gargano, and of course, and uh, you know what? I wanted to like the main event, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, but we're going to talk about that because I have to I have, to have uh, my thoughts on that. But I gave a, uh, a high point to the Oscar promo.
0: Yeah, once like, I once I looked it up and saw the translation, I I appreciated it more. So yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, my, like because you, we're used to seeing Oscar just like ranting and like it doesn't sound like she's really saying anything. But when I when I heard that trans read that translation, I was like, wow, that was like that was so cool to like actually see in the baby ring. Because those are the promo the types of promos they usually cut in companies like Stardom over in Japan. Right. So,
0: and of course EOSky edited it with bitch. Uh, well, you know, I, 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 I kind of appreciated that coming from EOSky. So. Yeah, but, but I, I just, I just love that. That was perfect way to end that. Like usually, <laughs> usually, usually we speak out against the usage of "bitch" in WWE. Yeah, but that was I, perfect. But her delivery, of that was just very well done. So I appreciated that. Now we have to talk about before I get my uh, low
1: points. I I wanted to give this a high point, but it was hard. Me be- and I'll tell you why. Austin Theory cashing in. First of all, it makes no sense. Second of all, well, he didn't really win the money in the bank briefcase. He was inserted into the match by Vince. He, he's like, we're not going to have seven. We're going to add another one. We're going to have eight. So Austin, you go in there and you're going to win. So he didn't technically, he didn't really win money in the bank. However, so I get taken it off him, but it was a stupid way to do it. However, I think they're going to have money in the bank the money, since they're moving money in the bank to WrestleMania and doing away with the actual pay-per-view, I think he's going to be one of the qualifying matches, and this time he can actually go in the match and officially win it. But I just think this was a stupid way. Like, usually it's for the heavyweight championship. Why would you go for the U.S. title?
0: Well, I have, I have my thoughts on that as well. Um... So let me uh, let me get your low points and then I will. All um... right. So my my low points.
1: Well, I mean, my low point was him, him uh, like cashing in on an open challenge. You don't need to cash in if you know it's an open challenge.
0: Well, that, and that was one of my points about the situation. Did you, did but, you have any but, other uh, low yeah,
1: points? But so my my point my low points are. I hate doing this because Baron Corbin's improved. He looks like an actual wrestler but his pairing with JBL is getting on my nerves. And JBL's stupid uh, promos every week. His like introductions are getting on my
0: nerves. Oh, this... I mean, I appreciate the effort that they're putting into Baron Corbin, but this... I know it's a terrible pairing.
1: They're, they but have nothing in the... common.
0: But this just isn't working for me at all.
1: And of course, uh... You know what, the otis Alliance match, the free was, it was another low point. And I like Otis, but this match just didn't really
0: do it. Absolutely. So that's Uh, all I've got, that's all I've got. So let me take a sip of my uh, drink, and then we'll drop my high points and low points. Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, uh, while I'm doing that, why don't we, uh, Elio, why don't you give a cheap plug to the podcast that we're both mutually associated with now? All right,
1: so before we go into commercial, let me me say you can also find myself on Wrestling POV along with Tony Diaz and Clay Cummings, and occasionally we have my co-host on this show, Ben Pierce, joining us. We are on every Saturday, on all, on every platform where you find your podcasts. And with that, Ben, I think we should uh, go into commercial before we uh, get bumped off by the producer.
0: Yeah, goddamn virtual producer really right. pisses me off. I'm telling you. So. Just as much as a Vince McMahon produced Monday Night Raw. We'll be right right back, folks. All right. So
1: that that was uh, Wrestling Wrestling POV, myself, Tony Diaz, Clay Cummings, and Ben Pierce. You can find us every Saturday on all your social media platforms where you get your podcasts. And Ben, what do you have for low points, for uh, high points and low points?
0: Well the, the high points were uh were a little I was a little bit more picky than you. Okay. Um but but I will I will agree with the opening segment and the opening match with the um with the new day and the Usos. Um with the exception of Matt Riddle's uh bong references. Yep. I get it. I get it, but I really don't wanna hit Uh, Matt Riddle's bongos, you you know, it's just just really stupid. And, um, you know, as I understand it back in the day, uh, Bruce Pritchard really uh, had a lot of fun with uh, Matt Riddle's uh, pot smoking habits.
1: Bruce Pritchard Um, had fun. I mean, I didn't know he knew how to have fun.
0: Well, he's also a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> so that's you know, not hard to imagine. Um, but he's almost as big of a bitch as Braun Sherman. We'll get into that a little bit later. Oh no. <laughs> um but but I did enjoy the opening match for uh for Monday Night Raw. Uh, Matt, as much as I disliked Matt Riddle's part in the promo, uh he did make a nice compliment to the new day in the six man uh tag match against Solo Sokoa and the usos. So that was a that was a n- nice way to get it started. Um any anytime the um bloodline is involved with something, whether it be on Raw or SmackDown, uh, it's gonna be a high point for me. Mm-hmm. Um yep. the, the next the next high point that I had was um believe it or not, uh it involved the Miz uh, it, this week it was Johnny Gargano versus Demons. Yep. Um, and um, I know on the other show, um, Mr. Tony Diaz had some uh, growing pains when it came to uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, from the jump, I have always loved Johnny Gargano, and um, you know I've loved everything about his wrestling. Um, and uh, the comedy that he does works for me. And we talked about um, my uh, my understanding, but also my dislike that this storyline with the Miz and Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa has gone the lighter route. I would have liked to have had something more serious. Lead to the uh, to the reuniting of DIY, um, okay. but having said that, the comedy aspect of Gargano is something that I enjoy, so I'm not hating it as much as I thought I would. Um, but it, but all the all the stuff that set up the match, uh-uh. like the, the like the the video package that was played. Beforehand, cur- cur- courtesy of courtesy of Johnny Gargano's universal remote, yeah, which, which apparently operates the Tron. <laughs> you know, and, and you know he, he apparently apparently the Miz was was caught on videotape um, talking to a reporter or somebody. Either the Miz is the most stupid individual known to humankind which is understandable when you're under Maurice's spell. I I can understand that. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, so certain aspects of this work for me and certain aspects of it don't. Um, the And the next high point that I had, um, well, really, I didn't have any other high points. Oh, um, okay. To, to tell you the truth. Um. Hold on. What about what I what I said the the Oscar promo? Well, well, yeah, the Oscar promo. What about the, what about the,
1: what about the Benjamin one?
0: Uh, no, it was a little too short for my liking. Right. So, a Little too short for me to give it a high point. Okay. Uh, I didn't hate it though. Um, Low points was um or were, I'm a stickler for grammar. I hate it. Um. Baron Corbin versus Cedric Alexander. Man, largely, I hate you in
1: that too.
0: Um, largely not because the wrestling was bad, but it was just uh, it was a quick squash match. And one, I hate seeing Cedric Alexander in squash matches, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Um, but um, th- this pairing with Baron Corbin. And uh, and uh, JBL just isn't working for me, no. um. So no. I I don't understand that. And then the, the Elias versus Otis. Now, much like you, I I enjoy Otis. Otis yeah. took Otis took some time to grow on me, but once he did, mm-hmm. he kind of he kind of stuck. Yeah. I'm 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 very fond of Otis now. Elias, not so much. <laughs> um, you know, and and it's just any any time Elias is in in the ring on my screen, in any capacity, I just don't care. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, I, I I you know I like I liked having me a yam back, but. The, I'm not ready to give her pairing with the OC a high point yet. I want to see how that plays out. Okay. Um, Austin Theory versus Shelton Benjamin just didn't um didn't make too much sense to me because because of what took place later in the evening. Uh, oh, but there was one high point that I forgot to mention. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen and uh, I I thoroughly apologize for this how dare I because I've been begging for this for years the 24-7 title oh my god I, I
1: yes has died <laughs> that was so great right because usually uh, these are forgettable when <laughs> Dina Brooke is in the ring in a match so it's like well, you know I, you know, you have so many other high points, low points that you just pass over that. But yeah, that 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 was my high point. Nikki Cross <laughs> just winning the belt and throwing it in the trash can.
0: Well, well, I didn't give a shit about the but but but. The, and and the, even even when she physically threw it in the trash can, Nikki Cross missed the trash can and learned it landed on the floor. Right. I don't even give a fuck. The, 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 the way she
1: did it was so great. <laughs> she had that crazy look on her face. She's like, that, and that laugh. <laughs> yeah. But, and,
0: and, <laughs> the, and the way that, the way that, um, Damage control was falling behind her, yep. like scared of her, but almost fascinated. So, <laughs> so, so, the, there are two things that I like about this statement. One, the fact that the 24 7 championship is dead. If we had sound effects, I would insert a uh, clapping emoji, but since we don't have that, I will, I will. That is yeah, possible to do, though. Yeah, I will, uh, I will physically do the clapping for you. I I love that. That's awesome. Yep. Uh and then um I want to see if if Nikki has anything to do with damage control because as we've talked about before um I really want to like damage control, but there's just something not clicking with him. Well when they when they were showing clips from
1: the from the Crown Jewel, they had show Nikki Cross uh, like uh, getting involved in uh EOS guy in the quarters match dude. like where they won the tag belts back.
0: Yeah, and and see like like I know we don't talk about Crown Jewel um for a good reason on this show. Um but I should I should mention this is a very uh apt time. To mention that um, myself and um, and who and someone who's going to be our occasional co-host my buddy Higgins from college um, we did a very special recording on on uh, Tuesday regarding our feelings on the crown jewel uh, specials and kind of some of the some of the reasoning behind that and the history behind that and I think I think you guys will find it interesting it's not really as controversial as you might think based on some of my rants regarding parental in the past um it it was very interesting to get um uh higgins take on that because he has he has um specialized in foreign affairs um in the for a very long time and taking a very keen interest in that. Um and I think you'll find it very entertaining as well. So um look out for that in the coming days. And um that's my cheap plug for the day. You got wrestling POV and I put Higgins over. So I'm happy on both fronts. Um, <laughs> but um yeah, I mean this th- this Monday Night Raw was a mixed bag. Um, a lot a lot of good and and some not so good. Um. But but you'll you'll notice that I followed the Elio approach when it when it came to uh, the main event and um and. Austin Theory cashing in on, on Seth Rollins in an attempt to uh win back the um U, the United States title. Now let's talk about the, the reason why I understand why this was done. Because much like Elio was talking about earlier. In my opinion, Theory should have never been put in the money of the bank uh money of the bank ladder match to begin with. Um that was a joke, and it actually actively put him behind the eight ball in a bad spot. And hear me out on that because Based on, the, based on the history of the Money in the Bank contract, you might be hearing me say that, and you might be like, what? Um, because, because we know that the Money in the Bank contract uh, is basically a guaranteed um, world title opportunity and an 80% chance of a successful world title uh, victory and cash in the reason why I say it's a bad situation to do it one the way they did it and the timing in which they did it for Austin Theory um, is one um, he is clearly or he was clearly Vince McMahon's guy mm-hmm. um, he was so young that he didn't need it right now um, and based on the fact that Roman Reigns is on the run of his career, nobody would believe that that Austin Theory was going to cash in successfully, as we saw when it was teased um at at SummerSlam, like when Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar were going at it. Yep. I mean, it, it was joke. And, um, you know, Austin Theory should have never been put in that situation to look like a joke. Um, And the other thing, too, is as soon as he won the title or won the Money in the Bank briefcase, all Austin Theory was doing was losing constantly. He lost. He lost. He lost. He lost. And guess what, Elio? What's that? He fucking lost. <laughs> and um, and the approach to this is, is somewhat understandable based on the old McMahonism way of thinking, in that you know the money in the bank contract is an insurance policy. It's a guarantee. He's, he's got the world title in the bag uh, you know he doesn't need to win matches well well, fuck you I disagree because what value does, does the money in the bank contract have if the contract holder is constantly losing matches and looks mm-hmm. like a jobber in the process mm-hmm. the purpose of the money in the bank contract is to elevate that talent to the next level it was it was never gonna do that for Austin Theory, and I love Austin Theory. I'm an Austin Theory guy. I do think that Austin Theory has the potential to be the future of this company. But, and I don't I don't say I don't say, but you know, like I have so many points against it because if this is really not about Austin Theory. It's just considering what's going on around him and the situation that we're in with Roman Reigns and, you know, and Cody Rhodes and all these other people that are better qualified to take out Roman Reigns when the time comes. Austin Theory is an afterthought in all of this. So the money in the bank contract isn't believable in this situation, but it never was. And that's not Austin Theory's fault. Austin Theory should have never been put in this situation. The person that should have won the money in the bank contract to begin with was Seth Rollins. <laughs> and if if you wanna if you wanna put a second person in contention, which, which I, I think, far and away, was Seth Rollins was the clear-cut choice for that. But if you want to give a second option, I believe the second option was Matt Riddle, because he was as hot as he's ever been with the, with the um, partnership with Randy Orton, and then coming out of that, um, people really re- were hooking on to him after Randy got hurt, but now. He's playing the bongos, and 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 Austin Theory is cashing in on on the United States title. Now, so that's that's those are the reasons why I understand why Theory had to drop the the briefcase oh. based on the situations. That going on around him, and that's not his fault. And, you know, let's face it, he's not, I don't think he's even 25 years old. He'll be fine. This is, I mean, Vince is probably having a core in Mary, uh, you know, watching this, but the, the reality is that he'll be fine. <laughs> um, Austin Theory does not need this right now. I think. I think the money in the bank contract was doing him more harm than good. Yeah, that's rid- that's ridiculous. Um, now let's talk about the the negative in terms of what this does for the money in the bank briefcase. Now I know, I know, I know. Before anybody jumps down my goddamn throat. And says, "Well, the money in the bank briefcase can be used to cash in on any title I know. I've been watching this program for for so long. Yeah, but Ben, oh, Ben,
1: you know the money in the bank briefcase can be cashed in on any title, right?
0: <laughs> I had to. I had to. <sighs> you're, you're, such, you're such a, you're such a Mark. Go, go back in your your Facebook posts and your Facebook chats and go." you know, antagonize other people. I'm making a illegitimate legitimate. <laughs> a legitimate, a legitimate I, I had to go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the fact of the matter is, the Money in the Bank contract has always been associated with building future world champions and being cashed in on world titles. It, 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 I mean, it's not unheard of, for it to be cashed in on 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 um you know on other titles, but by and large, it's a it's a world title opportunity yeah. in in someone's hand. And for the for it to be cashed in on the U.S. title, um. That doesn't say much for your world title situation um, much right now. And the only reason I say that is because the best option you have is to, is to put the money in the bank contract with the U.S. title. What, that, what does that say about, about, the rest of your, about the rest of your roster that's not at the top of the card? That's not a good look. Um so that's that's the one thing. And and the other thing too, folks, is as a fan, I don't want to see the Money in the Bank briefcase cheapened down to the level of a United States title. Um because regardless of the history of the United States title, the damage that has been done to it makes it unworthy of the Money in the Bank contract. And if if this is what the Money in the the Bank contract is used for, then then why the fuck would we even have a Money in the Bank contract in the future? The Money in the Bank contract was designed and should be designed to be cashed in by the biggest stars on the big on the biggest stages for the biggest titles and that's that and by not doing that um you know that that's a problem And and i understand that triple h was cleaning up a mess i triple h would have never chose austin theory to be put in this situation um and I, I have faith that Austin Jerry will be fine, as I just said. But this whole this whole thing is an absolute clusterfuck. And um and that's the that's the danger of having two top titles on one guy. Yep. You know, in, in Roman Reigns. So, let's not forget, this is a byproduct, all of this stuff is a byproduct of not only is Vince having a hard-on for Austin Theory, but this is a byproduct of you have two titles on one guy, and that creates a problem that trickles down for as long as that's the case. And I don't know if you read this.
1: I was reading uh, the original plans for the title. And what's that? They they wanted uh, Drew McIntyre to take one of the titles off of... Um... Off of Roman Reigns at Clashley Castle. They wanted well, him to take it off. So they could have two matches at WrestleMania. For both titles. One on each night.
0: Well I think I think that could still be the case. But I, to your point. I really would have liked that to have been the case. For Drew McIntyre. Because that was the perfect time to pull the trigger. Yep. For Drew McIntyre. And yeah. the fact that and the fact that, that wasn't executed, I think hurt Drew McIntyre in the long run.
1: Yep. All right. So uh, is that all we have for Raw? Yes. All right. So we're gonna move on to NXT. And and <laughs> yes. uh, did this show? Um, I didn't like it. I didn't. There's not much I really liked on this show. So I see what you're talking about, because I only have two high points on this show. And what were they? So surprisingly, because you know how I feel about schism, I'm not a fan. Surprisingly, yeah. Cameron Grimes and Joe Gacy was a was a high point for me.
0: Poor Cameron Grimes.
1: But however, um, I read that Cameron Grimes is can, will be called up once he's finished this program with Joe Gacy.
0: Oh, he should. Which he he
1: lost the match, so I think that that does it for him. I think he's gonna be called up to the main roster.
0: Well, he should because he's floundering like a dead fish.
1: <clears throat> and my second high point was Axiom versus JD McDonough. So Axiom, if you do know, if for those who don't know, was the repackaged A Kid who was part of the NXT UK.
0: Very. Very good. I did. I did know that as a matter
1: of fact. Right. Uh, for low points, I have a lot of them.
0: <laughs> Lift them off. Is that a surprise? No, because NXT <laughs> sucks. <laughs> so we
1: have Sol Ruca versus Victor Lopez. This one needs a lot of work, Sol Ruca, because even Victor Lopez couldn't help her in this match. It was terrible.
0: Well, oh, that doesn't surprise me.
1: And I, why are they doing this, Electro like Lopez? They're they're gonna have her in a program with Indy Hartwell.
0: Well, I She's, don't know.
1: I mean, they had to uh,
0: pull apart brawl at the end of this match. I mean, Selena Vega might be a fit for, um, Legato. Yeah, but but that, and I'm not arguing that at all. And I'm not arguing Selena Vega's value but that doesn't mean that Electra Lopez wasn't damn good at her job, and that does not mean that Electra Lopez wasn't cut off at the fucking knees.
1: Yep, so um, who knows if uh, they might, she might get called up, and they might have insert her in a program with in Vega. We just have to see, wait and see. Yeah. Another one I had, Andre Chase defeating, Char- no, Andre Chase Versus Charlie Dempsey, Charlie Dempsey winning with submission. They were like so close to ringside, and he didn't get the submission
0: completely locked in, but won. So well, well, we know we know with Charlie Dempsey's lineage where he's gonna go. Yeah, but
1: I don't get this Andre Chase. I cannot stand this guy. Names: Thea Hale and Duke Hudson.
0: I, I never got either. I never got any of them, but especially Andre Chase. This was definitely another low point. Stax versus Hank
1: Walker. This was garbage. Ugh. And you know I love the Creed brothers, but this match, Brutus Creed versus Damon Kemp. In a we got uh, Brutus Creed getting his five minutes with a uh, Damon camp uh, Damon Kemp winning because Brutus Creed just lost it and uh, he hit Damien Kemp with a with steel chair leading to disqualification.
0: So then then what was the point of having that stipulation if he was to handle one fucking chair? Right? Well, what was the, And what was the point even further of his brother suffering through an ambulance match where, by the way, he got his hand smashed in a door? I don't know if you guys have ever had your hand smashed in a door, but I have. And that shit hurts like a bitch. Yep. And I I have a couple of side notes. Oh, please continue. I'm having so much fun.
1: Number one, Carmelo Hayes and his stupid uh, barbershop uh, segment, which I'm, you know what, did you hear about Carmelo Hayes and the Hit Row uh, tweet?
0: No, I didn't. What was that? (laughs)
1: So apparently um, someone, uh, a fan suggested that Carmelo Hayes uh, be the leader of Hit Row. Right. And he tweeted back, not, not unless I can bring Trick with me.
0: Oh, Christ. Let's avoid <laughs> that, please. <laughs>
1: right? I don't know what it's going to take to get it through his head that he doesn't need Trick Williams. This guy is only holding
0: him back. Well, you know, and, and it's just not necessary. It really then, isn't.
1: Then we fucking had uh, Fallon Henley and uh, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen in a segment. They were at Fallon Henley's family-owned bar, and Keanu James comes in wanting to buy the bar. Fallon Henley turning her down. So it was just another more garbage. And then we had the the and Waller effect with Braun Breaker and Von Wagner.
0: Oh god! So yeah, <laughs> oh, this Christ. was not
1: a good episode of NXT.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be a smartass or like an asshole or anything, but really, when's the last time they had a good episode of NXT? Honestly, well, no, there there were a
1: few like decent episodes, but like you know, a really good episode, I can't tell you the last time. Another low point I had and. With the main events, like Katana Chance and Kane Carter defeating Zoe Stark and Nikita Lions. Zoe Stark turning on Nikita Lions.
0: Well that doesn't surprise me after what yep. we saw last week. I mean you and I even discussed it because you called it. Yep, so but you, you must add the crystal ball like the like the fucking wizard of Oz. <laughs> well, I mean well played, sir. <laughs> And uh, so
1: that is all I have for. And I say, oh, um, oh, we got another scripts promo. You know what? I want to give out one guess who I think scripts might be. I I know I'm probably wrong, but I'm gonna say, what if it's Robert Rude? Because he's supposed to be making his return soon.
0: Well, I I don't know how that would work. That seems awfully random to me. What I would I complain about it if it was executed well? Hell, no, I wouldn't. Um. So, but then again, um. You know, I I think, I think this gimmick is an opportunity for somebody. Yeah. Um. So, it, whoever it is, better be ready to pull the trigger because I do I do like this opportunity. Um, I do like the potential for this gimmick. I just hope it's not a repeat of, of like a retribution type of thing.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm just I'm just throwing that name out there, Robert Roode, since I was reading about his his uh, eventual return, WWE return. Cool. All right, so that's all I have for NXT. Let's get into AEW Dynamite with Ben and Ben. Oh I got I got I got to tell you. I gotta tell you, every week it is a chore. I'm starting to hate this company more and more with every episode.
0: Okay, okay, and and I I agree with you wholeheartedly, folks, or Elio. You know you you are entirely right, and and ladies and gentlemen, I should say that in addition to um, our highs and lows for AEW Dynamite. Um, I also want to give you a a, a preview of this updated card. Uh, so I, I
1: should I should say that um, Ben's in a dynamite because I did not get to watch it on Wednesday. So as I was mentioning him off air, so Ben,
0: into yes, the- absolutely. So so I will I will gladly give you the entirety of the um. Of the dynamite review, as well as um, a run through of the updated AEW card. I should for for full gear. I should mention that this is not the prediction show. For that, we're gonna we're gonna have that for you uh, this coming Tuesday, yep. um, the fifteenth. So be be on the lookout for that. Okay. Now, now. Now the, the opening the opening match, Gun Club and Swerving Our glory versus FTR and E claimed. I did I did really like that match. Usually I'm not a um a multiple tag team person. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like uh six-man matches, I don't like eight-man matches, but this one um was very, very good. Okay, and the acclaimed got the victory, um, uh, t- to give them um, momentum going into their match against Swerve and glory at Full Gear. So that wasn't a surprise. They did, and uh, by the way, uh, Swerve and Glory did not eat the pin on this one, which I en- which I enjoyed. It was one of the. Uh, one of the Ass Boys, aka the Gun Club. Okay, which I hate that that nickname, the Ass Boys. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, Th- but, thanks, Danhausen. But anywho, um, so that was that was pretty good. And then another high point, which which arguably for me, was the high point of high points on this entire fucking show mjf uh, did a uh did a out of what he was not in attendance on the show but they showed a clip of oh. him on the part in my take podcast oh where he, okay. where he goes off on john moxley ahead of their match at full gear oh wow um and 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 I am not even going to go through the promo because I think MJF speaks for itself. And and you know, Elio, if you have an opportunity to go back and check some of this out, well, you, I, ha- I
1: have it recorded, so I'm going to go back and check this one out. because I heard about it; he had a promo on the show.
0: Yes, and um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna. Wrap the rest of this up very, uh, very quickly. I'm just going to give you one more before we, uh, before we come back and do the rest of it. Um, And then another high point I had was uh, the main event: Brian Danielson versus Sammy Guevara, two out of three falls. Oh my god! Holy shit! So those were my high points for AEW Dynamite. We'll be right back with the low points and the all and the full gear updated card. We'll be right back. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And now we will get into my low points for AEW Dynamite. Um these will not be difficult to pick out. I can guarantee you that because as much as I enjoyed the high points of the show, my God, the low points were the lowest of the low. I saw uh, one. I
1: saw the one about the uh, Sareya and Britt Baker in the ring. I'm guessing that's on your low point.
0: Well, well I I wouldn't say that's on my low points. I mean, okay. I mean, you know, I think Sareya, aka Paige, did a good job, and and Britt. And ended up doing a good job. Okay. Do I am I am I happy for Saraya that she she can come back and and perhaps retire on her own terms? Absolutely. I would never I would never deny somebody that opportunity. And, and I hated it when when she had to go out like that and, and all that stuff. But do I do I legitimately care about? Brit Baker versus versus Soraya, no, only because why would I be invested in that match when I can be invested in Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter? like it's to me that there's no competition as to what match I'm more interested in, but that's nothing against Paige or Britt Baker i'm that's just my own personal preference, right. Um, but um, in terms of low points, uh, we have Ethan Page versus Eddie Kingston in a Full Gear's contenders tournament first round match, which drives me fucking into which drives me absolutely fucking insane. Forget the forget the um participants for a minute, okay? Now. Let's not forget, folks, that the full gear pay-per-view takes place on November 19th. According to my calendar, it, as, as I'm sitting here right now, it is it is Thursday, November 10th. By the time you hear this, it will be Friday, November 11th, okay? Now, that is, that is eight days before the tournament finals take place at Full Gear. So you mean to tell me that this is a one-week tournament? Good (laughs) job! Good job building a tournament there, Tony Khan! Because he he puts these on Dynamite and
1: Rampage. Like, Rampage,
0: we know Rampage is terrible. But but, but to that very point, what would entice me to watch Rampage? Nothing. What what is it? Nothing. Exactly. So, I don't give a fuck. The so the last tournament they did that I actually gave a fuck about was the uh was the Trios Tag Team title tournament. And what have they done with those things? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The so the last one that I cared about before that was the Owen Hart Memorial Cup tournament. What did they do with that? Absolutely nothing although I did appreciate Owen getting his flowers because we know WWE's mm-hmm. not gonna give him his flowers. But nonetheless. Okay, on with the low points. So the so Ethan Page versus Eddie Kingston. Um I just you know, what what in the what in the fuck is with this hot and cold booking? Uh, and and you know, Real, really, I'm supposed to believe that Ethan Page is gonna is gonna beat Eddie Kingston based on how both of them have been booked? Now, I'm not saying Ethan Page isn't a isn't a great professional wrestler because he is, and Char- Charlie is agreeing with me. He's he's hacking in disgust at, at at the very at the very fact that I have to mention this. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, when's the last time we saw Ethan Page prior to this match? I mean, good God. And then we get a segment with Arya Davari and Wardlow for the TNT title. Well, who is that guy with Davari? That is his butler, Jorge. Or, no, I'm sorry, Jose the assistant, a.k.a. his butler. Oh
1: my god! (laughs) The fuck is going on here, folks? You know what? I'm
0: gonna buy myself a butler. That's it. Well, you know, I, I, you know, will, will, and I, and and will's my brother. For those of you that don't know, I don't know how often I've I've mentioned him on the podcast. He made a Um, run
1: in once, I believe. Yes.
0: But, but we 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 have a we have a fun relationship and and because of that we have all sorts of fun nicknames for each other and um, one of mine for him that he rather enjoys is Bertram the man bitch butler. Whenever I need something, I don't call out Will, I call out Bertram the man bitch butler, and and he. Rather efficiently and oh we, my God! I, <laughs> I do what I have to we do. We get from what? <laughs> yes, but, but I'd much rather, I'd much rather have a have a wrestling match with Bert from the Man Fitz Butler, aka Will Pierce, than have to than have to sit through Warlow versus Ari Devari. and you know, and the reason for that is because. Why the fuck is Wardlow in this situation? Okay, well, now, after this match, which was useless, because Wardlow shouldn't be here in the first place, Wardlow calls out Powerhouse Hobbs. Now, then Powerhouse Hobbs comes out, so, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, great. Um, you know, Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Where was this bill two three weeks ago? What what the fuck's going on? So, then, as Wardlow has his attention on Hobbs, Samoa Joe attacks Wardlow. Well, what the fuck? You know, I mean, not that I have a problem with Samoa Joe, but where the fuck are you going like this? So, it's just like, holy crap i don't care and, and, you know i just i want Wardlow to be consistently booked in something that makes sense and i want him to do something with the t b with the with the t n t title which he has accomplished nothing with which isn't his fault, just like it isn't the it isn't the death triangle's fault that nothing has been accomplished with the um, with the tag team titles because where the fuck are they? Just like almost nothing has been accomplished with the uh you know all-Atlantic title um because as much as I like Orange Cassidy as a wrestler he's carrying his his title on a backpack um and you know it, it's just all due respect to Orange Cassidy, but why the fuck isn't that title on someone like, oh, I don't know, Miro, Andrade, Roosh, uh, the list goes on and on. Um, You know, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So that's a low point. Oh, and then, and then. Oh, no. Hold, hold, hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, because... Hold on. Okay, I'm holding on to my hat. Hold on, I gotta see this. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes ladies and gentlemen, I just pulled out my Zoom. <laughs> You're such a hurt. I love doing the show with you. Okay, but Hold on to it because it might blow off in your shock. I want to move out to say next. So my, my next low point is Brent Beretta versus Jay Lethal. I shit you not, folks. Well, well, I don't understand what they've done with Jay Lethal. This is not the Jay Lethal I know. And, and it isn't, it isn't my my impression of Jay Lethal either. I have another point regarding Jay Lethal when I go over this updated card for okay. full gear in a little bit. But um, but that's not even that's I'm not even done. So then, believe it or not, we have Sky Blue versus Jamie Hader. Uh mm-hmm. Why? And not that I have a problem with Jamie Hader, but why? I mean, I mean, Sky Blue is barely on the show. Not that I have a problem with her, but Jesus, goddamn Christ! Can we get a little consistent booking before we put her on in the ring with a fucking contender for a championship? Is that too much to ask, Eli? is You know, am I asking too no, much? No. So then, and I, and I'm doing this for a reason. So I I remind you that I that my high points were claimed, NFTR versus versus the uh, the Gun Club and Swerving Our Glory, and then Brian Danielson and Sammy Guevara in the two out of three falls match. So with that in mind let me go over to the updated AEW full gear card which by the way folks in case you forgot which I don't blame you that pay-per-view takes place on November 19th i had uh, to ask uh, ben off
1: air uh, that uh, w- I, w- if that was next week that's how that's how much uh, they how well job they've done of uh, promoting
0: their show so okay so from 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 bottom to top, this is this is what we have so far. All right, we have Darby Allen and Sting versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal.
1: Christ, I don't care.
0: Which which Jeff Jarrett was involved in a promo with? Yeah, I saw that. And with 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 Jay Lethal and Setman Sting, and uh, and Sanjay Dutt.
1: And we're still taking shots at WWE.
0: You know, and, and it's just... Well, he, well, in his defense, he was taking shots at Braun Strowman. Which that, which that I don't mind, because Braun Strowman conducts himself and comes across like an asshole.
1: Yeah, I don't care. but I'm, I'm saying because Braun deserves it. But I'm saying, like, in general, this company can't go a week without
0: mentioning WWE. And then, you know, if we're going to have Darby Allin and Sting... Uh, can we have a reason for it, other than the fact that uh, uh, a, um, oh not we but, just have a reason for it, whatsoever? I, I would really appreciate that. But if, uh, before you go on, uh, did you read what McFlair, uh said? No, I did not.
1: He's, he took credit for uh, Jeff Jarrett's uh, being hired by AEW
0: oh god he
1: he he said he said it was off of the final match that they had right with flitter's last match and so oh, and so
0: is, uh...
1: and so like it was uh that match that uh trump started uh jeff chairs uh involvement with AEW. oh
0: god Me- meanwhile Meanwhile, Rick Flair has never been associated with AEW, but he <laughs> but he got someone a job with AEW. Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then and then we have Sareah versus Britt Baker. Like I said, I'm happy for Sareah, but you know there's other matches that I care about. One this card, by the way, there's three matches for the women. Well, I will her. say
1: I, I am looking forward to seeing her just because we haven't seen her in so long.
0: Well, yes, but the other thing too is I I really hope she doesn't get hurt because well, apparently she has,
1: she has like a rule where she 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 insisted that no one jump her like or attack her from behind until she's fully comfortable with that.
0: Well, that's good. I, yeah, I I can support that. Yeah. Then we have the snooze fest match because. Newsflash, folks, if you didn't catch um, my latest appearance on Wrestling POV, I no longer give a fuck about Jade Cargill. I went on a very juicy rant yep. about Jade Cargill. Uh, but she's facing Nyla Rose. By the way, I don't give a fuck about Nyla Rose either. Yep. Only because she sucks as a professional wrestler. And I didn't even know um, she was a
1: face. I'm not sure how that works.
0: I Well, she was involved in the worst segment I've ever seen on AEW when <laughs> When she was involved with Vicky Guerrero in the Jade Cargill versus Marina Shafir match, which, by the way, folks, in case you didn't catch my earlier rant on wrestling POV, that match absolutely stopped. Just a thought, in case you missed it. Um, and then, oh, here's something that makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever: an ROH World Championship match between Chris Jericho. No, 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 you, the sentiment is appreciated, but you're 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 releasing your fox too early. You're, you're, <laughs> do you, know, do you know what that sounded what the what? You're you're releasing your fox into the universe too early. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just hold on a second, okay. So Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson versus Sammy Guevara versus. Uh, Claudio Castanelli for, for the ROH World Title match. I swear the ROH World Title has gotten more shine than the AEW World Title. God damn, what the fuck is going on here? Which, which, well, and like I said, the um the main event between Brian Danielson and Sammy Guevara was awesome, uh, last night. But and uh, but what has Sammy Guevara done to qualify for an ROH World Championship match? Oh, and and by the way, what is an ROH World title match doing on an AEW pay-per-view when you have an ROH pay-per-view on December 10th just weeks later? How sorry, hold on, you... on,
1: hold on, hold on, I'm sorry. God, you say see, see December
0: 10th? I will. yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. So, so we have an ROH pay-per-view on December 10th. Why can't you just... Hold the world title match for ROH until match. But 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 you know
1: why I'm saying oh fuck
0: <laughs> that. Why is that?
1: Because uh, when was when uh, was when was the ROH one booked? Uh, um, I don't know. Okay, that's uh, the same date that NXC deadline takes place.
0: Well. I uh, yeah, And I do remember that, but still. No,
1: so I'm, so I'm saying that. I'm, I'm just waiting for Tony Khan to be like, oh, WWE decided to book their show. No, they already had theirs before <laughs> you, you dumbass.
0: <laughs> but, you know, is that such a weird question to ask. Why Why are we holding an ROH title? Oh, no, no it doesn't make, a, it you doesn't make sense. When you, have it, when you have an ROH pay-per-view t- merely weeks later, then why'd Goddamn. you buy
1: outrage in the first place? You, you idiot. If you said he, he said he had no plans for this, why? Yeah.
0: Okay. And then, uh,
1: that's it. I, I've, and then... I've had it. Fuck.
0: <laughs> and then, here's the match that I'm looking forward to for an interim AEW World Championship match, even though I hate oh, the term interim Tony Storm versus Jamie Hader. Okay. Um, I'm really looking forward to that one, as as well as the next one for the AEW Tag Team titles, the Acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory. I loved their last match um, at All Out. Um, I actually expected them to call it an Audible and give the titles the Acclaimed um, at All Out. But I'm, just, I'm absolutely... Um, I'm absolutely bought into the acclaimed as a tag team, even though I can't stand the daddy-ass thing and the scissor-me-daddy-ass thing and and the t-shirts and the fucking whatever. How how are we
1: going to go with this, Seriously.
0: And and I guarantee you some idiot's going to tell me that I'm I'm not LGBT-friendly, and and it has nothing to do with that, but scissor-me-daddy-ass does not appeal to me. Right?
1: Seriously. It's
0: just... I don't It's ridiculous. It's it's enough already. And then we have the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament Finals when the tournament just started this week. (laughs) (laughs) As we just went over in the dynamite results. Good God. And then we have the AEW World Championship match, Sean Mosley versus MJF. And I guarantee you, oh, oh, uh, uh, don't forget, folks, in case you in case you didn't read the spoilers on um on uh, rampage, which I did because nobody watches rampage. If you do, I uh, feel bad for you because rampage sucks. <laughs> um, no, God. But it's gonna be it's gonna be Jungle Boy versus Luis in a steel cage match. So you have that one too. So I'm looking oh, forward to for that one. Okay. Uh, because that's actually long term booking. Instead of Darby Allen and Sting versus Jeff Jarrett, or Jake Cargill versus Nyla Rose, who gives a fuck? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to Lucius Sora's versus the Boy. Or er, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, but, and then uh, let's see. So that takes us to the end of the. Um AEW coverage for the week, and um, Elliot, do you want to take the lead on the Survivor Series ninety six.
1: Thank God, some real, some some fun stuff. Fuck!
0: <laughs> what the well, fu- what the hell? You no know, I tr I, I tried to feel the landlines for you, my brother, but you know. No, just... I know it's not you. It's the stupid show. <laughs> It's well I, ga- it's
1: garbage. Like <laughs> Tony Cotton does not care about his company at all. Well, are, are, you sure, are you sure he's a wrestling fan? Because I don't think he is. <laughs> and look, in Wikipedia, I'm looking up Survivor Series 96, I almost typed in Tony Cotton. What? That's how that I was I was uh, trying to pull up the Survivor Series ninety-six results. I almost typed in Tony Cotton instead of Survivor Series ninety six. <laughs> That's okay. how upset this guy has me.
0: Yeah, see, I'm Tony Khan right on the Okay, folks. Well, we're going to switch gears.
1: All right, so let me just pull up the Survivor Series 96 results here. And here we go, with Survivor Series 1996 from from Madison Square Garden in New York City this show took place on November 17th 1996
0: my my dad's birthday as a matter of fact so it would have been um, yeah it would have been uh, 20 what 26 years ago so I'm not really good at math but he was much younger <laughs> um, but yeah right, um, so but anyway the, uh, go on the first match we had was no. Oh, sorry. Hold on. I'm gonna
1: do the kickoff one. First,
0: okay. Very first
1: good. First of all, we had a Survivor Series Elimination match on the on the pre-show. We had the team of Aldo Montoya, the Smoking Guns, Bob Holly, Justin. Sorry, we had the the team of Aldo Montoya, the Smoking Guns, Bob Holly, and Jesse James. And Justin, wait, let me take a look at this. Sorry, Aldo Montoya, Bart Gunn, Bob Holland, and Jesse James, aka Road Dog, defeating Billy Gunn, Justin Bradshaw, Salvatore Sincere, and the Sultan. For those of you who don't know, the Sultan, of course, Rikishi. Oh, Lord. All right. No, the, the way, it was too confusing the way it was, uh, the way it was uh, written here.
0: Sure. Poor Rikishi, he went through all kinds of gimmicks. Right. Jesus. Um, but, um, yeah, I just did I just did basic math in my head. It was my dad's 44th birthday, so he was the same age as Jake the Snake Roberts. Right? Wow. Very good. Um, <clears throat> so, anyway, uh, the first official match was the uh, Survivor Series elimination match uh-huh. betw- uh, between the British Bulldog, Owen Hart, and the New Rockers. Which was Marty Janetti and Leaf Cassidy, aka Al
1: Snow. <laughs> what a bad team, right? <laughs> Versus,
0: I told you they were, they were
1: terrible, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Versus Doug Furnas, yep. Philip LaFon, and the Godwins. Now okay.
1: See, do you recognize these guys? Do you now that you've seen them, Furnas and LaFon?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't recognize them, but they're very good. They're okay. very good wrestlers. Who are they?
1: yeah that, that, well, that's why because uh, i was telling you I, when we were talking about this on the last show and uh, that's just it they didn't really have a team name they were just known as doug furnace and philiphan
0: yeah i um yeah but they were very good i was i was surprised that they won um especially considering um, you know, uh, the British the British bulldog and Owen Hart in the situation. But... If you know what?
1: I'm gonna do a little bit of an indie spotlight thing on uh, these guys since I have Wikipedia open. So Phil LaFon started in All Japan. Well, he began in '83, and '88 he went to All Japan. '96 he had a to '98 he had a brief run in Extreme Championship Wrestling. And then he, from there, he went to WBF from ninety six to ninety seven. So he's, he had one year with the World Wrestling Federation.
0: Oh, so he he didn't last long. Okay. No,
1: and uh, Doug Furness his Doug Furnace is somewhat uh, different. Uh, he was more of a power lifter. Uh, He was an American football player turned powerlifter. So that was uh, his uh, background. I I don't really have much on him. Like uh, he began in the championship in late 86. And then from there, he worked briefly for WCW in 1990. In 92, he worked for the UWA, Universal Wrestling Association. And then uh he joined ECW as well along with uh Phil Lafong. and then from there they went to WBF. Very cool. And he passed he passed away on a Mercster 2012.
0: Um the, and that was Doug Furness?
1: That was Doug Furness yes.
0: And what did he pass away from?
1: Um the So, let me just uh, see. Okay, the the official cause of death was atherosclerotic and hypertensive heart disease. And he had been battling Parkinson's disease as well for many years prior to his death.
0: God damn, he was only 52. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's entirely too young to die. (laughs) Right. Good God. That's very sad. Yep. Um, okay, well, before I get misty eyed, because I hate that kind of shit. Um, but, um, then we had, um, Mankind versus the Undertaker with Paul Bear and a shark cage. And if Taker won, then he would, uh, get his hands on Paul Bear because the shark cage would be lowered. And, uh, Tiger would have free reign over a Paul Bear. See, this is what bothers me about Survivor Series. When I was growing up, Survivor Series
1: were always five on five teams. I really I don't like the way they change things where they have a four on four elimination team, then they have a singles match, then they have an elimination team uh match. I love these five on five, especially the random teams.
0: Yeah, I can, I can see that. You, you know I think nowadays that kind of just kind of played out, and I'm glad they're bringing back more games for, for the old classic kind of stuff, yeah, yeah before it was overplayed i can't. I can definitely see that for sure,
1: and uh, Ben, what do you say we go into commercial before you continue on, even though we have uh, five minutes left?
0: absolutely, um, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Alright
1: right Ben, before we go on, I have the ratings in front of me for these matches. So for the first one, because it's on the kickoff show, um, it was split between uh, a three star and one star uh, rating, it was a 50% on each.
0: Jesus Christ, uh, some of these, well, you know, I didn't see it, but I mean, I would assume that some of these people are entirely too generous. Right, and, uh, number, the first
1: match, which of course was on Hard Bulldog and the Knee Rockers, so what would you give this to one? <sighs> oh we have technical difficulties, uh. Ben is feuding with his headphones. All
0: right, are we good? Yeah, I'm, I'm back.
1: What is going on?
0: I don't know. I'm wearing a hat and everything. I blame Charlie. I was petting him, and you know the the headphones went flying. <laughs> but he right. can get he can get away with it because he's my favorite.
1: All right, so the first
0: match. What do you give this one? Um. I, I, would give it to, um, I would give it a um I I would give it a a three. I thought it was solid. Alright,
1: fifty percent gave this one a three as well. Alright, so the next one that we had was of course the one we are we are we are on currently. Mankind versus the Undertaker. Were you done with this one? Or do you have anything to add?
0: Yeah, I uh, I got stuff to add. So as like a, as I mentioned, um, uh, Paul Bear was stuck in a shark cage, and the tiger one. He gets five minutes with Paul Bear,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so things were not looking good for uh, Mister Bear. And um, you know, this one started out really good, and and I think I think it was just a. I think it was just a case of it cooled off too fast. Okay. Um, And, um, you know, and the and the the finish um, came, like, really, really, really fast. Like, it it was, like, too fast for, for how the match was going at the time. Um, because he hit the tombstone and it, the match ended in 1454. That might not sound too bad and timing-wise it wasn't, but just in terms of how the match was going and how physical it was, the the match was very very abrupt in terms of how it ended. Um, and the the reviewer actually agrees with me, so he's not a dumbass. Very good. And what do um, you get this one? I would give it a three, largely because of the um of the really rushed ending.
1: Well, wow. you and the fans are, are agreeing on these matches to give it a three as well. Okay.
0: And then uh, the, the next one we had the Survivor Series elimination match featuring oh the god. debut of The Rock. At this point, he was known as Rocky Maivia.
1: Oh my god, what the. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, we had Crush, Jerry the King Waller, Goldust, and Hunter Hursthelm, the Leon One Squad, and Mark Mero, the Wild Man, versus Barry Windham, who at this point was known as the Stalker. Yep. He h- hated that fucking gimmick. Rocky Maivia, and Jake the Snake Roberts. You know, what? It, at- you know what?
1: it could have been worse than... The previous gimmick that he had, which was the Widowmaker.
0: Oh God! I, I, <laughs> you know what? I'm not privy to that one, and I'm not sure I want to be. I, you know what? I'm mean, gonna look that up while you're you're going going through this match. So Go then, on. so then, like, I just want to say before we get into the match, uh, Sonny was on commentary for this one, and I'm not sure why. It was just really random, um, and then uh, so it's very obvious what this match was designed to do. It was designed to get the the new kid over. Um, it was um it was very obvious from the get go, from JR's commentary. You know, that's a blue chiver right there. Um, you know, Sonny was drooling over him. Okay, so um, Ben.
1: I have the Widowmaker in front of me here, okay. So apparently he, re- Windham returned to the WBF in, prior to his uh, previous stint, he returned to uh, the NWA slash WCW. Then in 89, in June of 89, he returned to WBF as the Widowmaker, which was, which uh, did not really change his image much. He portrayed a heel cowboy type character.
0: So, yeah, oh, he, he,
1: he had a cowboy char- type character. That was a Widowmaker.
0: So, pretty much, he looked like he was straight out of Tombstone. I'm guessing yeah,
1: something like that, yeah. You
0: know, um, I prefer straight out, I'm forgiven, but I'm assuming he looked like he was straight out of Tombstone. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's
1: pretty much it, yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, so like I said, they were heavily putting it over the rock. Um... And that was pretty much the purpose of it. Um, and so, before the match uh, gets started, um, Jake the Snake Roberts is introduced as the um, the mystery um, partner on um, on uh, Mark Monroe's team. Um, it, this the 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 team members just seem very odd. You know, I mean, listen to these combinations. Crush, Jerry the King, Waller, Goldust, Hunter Hurst and versus Mark Merrow, the Stalker, Rocky Maivia, and Jake the Snake Roberts. Wait, hold on a minute. I got to see something.
1: The Stalker was on Mark Merrow's team, you say, right? Yeah. Wow, you know what's funny? yeah because i'm on uh, his wikipedia page and i'm looking up the stalker gimmick okay now i'm reading up on this okay he was originally uh defeated justin bradshaw in a dark match on monday night raw in monday night raw taping in wheeling west virginia under the native stalker which was later shortened to the stalker so he was portrayed as a deranged stalker gimmick and was to have, been, was to have worn camouflage face paint. Well, originally, and the original feud was to have been with Mark Merrill, but the angle was dropped due to Merrill's request. And he was supposed to have made his debut at the In House Mind Games pay-per-view.
0: Well, that's weird. They definitely went in a different direction there
1: yeah so his original feud was gonna, his first feud was going to be with Mark Marrow
0: um you know i this match really wasn't that special as a matter of fact, I would say it went a little over long, and I had um trouble getting into it just because it seems so random um with the exception of the rock. Um, as a matter of fact, the 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 match in total it was twenty three forty two, and I'm like, holy crap, why? <laughs> um, it was just it was just a bad situation. Um, so- you know, uh, it it was only notable because it was Rock's debut, is what I'm saying. So um, Um,
1: I'll I'll, I'll get off, fans off air, I was, the other day I was watching Young Rock and I messaged uh, Ben because the episode I was watching was the second last episode uh, of season two. Right. And that episode focused on The Rock's
0: 1996 Survivor Series debut. Yeah, well, well, like I said, the spotlight was on him. The rest of it are absolutely how like, how weird was that that we're reviewing this night this pay per view
1: tonight and that episode of the young of young rock focused on this very
0: match. Oh, it, it was definitely weird. That's for sure. Oh God, now um, see. I I was curious, so I looked up footage of the of the Zion Queen versus Akira to Zala match we we're talking about earlier. Holy shit. Oh I, <laughs> I don't understand it. But okay. Um next up was one of the two matches of the night for oh, me. Oh hold on, hold on. What are, you, what are you giving this one? This
1: uh the rocks the debut one.
0: Two. Wow.
1: Okay. Um. On this one, sixty-seven percent gave it a three
0: star. Oh fuck <laughs> off! There's no possible way. <laughs> this, this, is, this is not. It's not possible. But but you have to remember, you,
1: you were like seven, eight years old at the time.
0: Well, yeah, but you know. What does that so, have to do with anything? I mean, you were a, you were a kid, you were a youngster, you were a young Ben. I'm I'm still a young gun. That doesn't mean that I can't recognize quality when I see it. All right, go on, <laughs> go um, ahead. But anywho, um, like I said, this was one of the two high points for me. Uh, a, this was the first encounter between these two. Fred the Hitman Heart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, I acknowledge I had to go back and watch several parts of this multiple times. One, because it was so good. But two, I was in the middle of uh, texting back and forth with you and Higgins uh, simultaneously trying to get stuff straightened out. And um, so I was I was detained and distracted. I did not um, know that
1: this was the number one contenders match for the title, though.
0: Yeah, and um, and they um, they said that um, the winner here we go on to face the winner of Michaels and Psycho Sid mm-hmm. at the next pay per view in December. Okay, and uh, I think we know how that turned out. Come December, um, but let's talk about this actual match. Holy crap! This was awesome. I mean, how could you possibly go wrong with this? Yep. You know, as much as as much as we talk about how bitter Bret Hart is, and and make a mistake, folks. You you can say what you want about Bret the Handman Hart being bitter, and you know perhaps he has good reason to be, and I think he does. And I think he goes, I think he goes over the line with it sometimes. But like, god damn, he's a great professional wrestler. And you know, and, and and road dog Jesse James needs to shut the fuck up. Did, you, did, did you, you, you you read that, didn't you? Did you see what the what Road Dog had to say regarding him and Brett the Hitman Hart? That he was a better like
1: entertainer
0: and a better wrestler than the Hitman? Well what, what? no, he he said that you know, I I I wasn't a good wrestler and Bret Hart wasn't a great wrestler, but I was a better sports entertainer than Bret Hart was. And what I'm like, what the fuck are you what the fuck drug are you on, I brother? Swear. Holy crap. And, and you know, and I like Rum Dog, you know, I mean good lord, don't get it twisted, but gee. How could you possibly say that Bret the Hitman Hart wasn't a phenomenal phenomenal wrestler? And this situation right here proved it. Um as if we needed another match to prove that Bret Hart was a f- fucking fantastic wrestler. But um you know, this was this was one that I was not privy to prior to to watching this one. Mm-hmm. And um Holy crap! Um, and uh, I I loved a lot of this. I think it went a little long in the in the middle, but I, but given what they were building, I understand um what it was. Um, I uh, I I wouldn't quite give it a five star because it started so slow but the end of the match was awesome. And, um, and the ending with, with both guys running out of things to say, uh, or things to do to to get the pin. Um, you know, Brett just straight up escaped with, with the, the pin because, um, Stone Cold went for the million dollar dream and, uh, Brett pushed off the rope with his legs, and for some reason, Stone Cold didn't let go of the Million Dollar Dream and ended up getting pinned. Um, so that segment was awesome. Um, earlier on in the match, he also used, talking about Stone Cold, he used a stun gun, which was his old finishing maneuver before um, the stunner. Again? And uh, Brett Hart also used one on him as like turn turn about his fair play. So that was that was really, really good. Um I just I love the storytelling of these guys. And like we know how good their uh WrestleMania 13 match was the submission match. And the commentary between with JR in particular was really good because he kept putting over the fact that I think this match is going to end with a submission. I just can't see it ending with it not being a submission. And then, sure enough, it didn't end with a submission, but it, lo- it didn't sure looked like it was going to with all the attempts to get him in the sharpshooter, all this and stuff. You know, and this is one of those times so where maybe I'm not doing a good job talking about the match, but that's because. I don't want to go move by move because this match in and of itself was 28 minutes, um, almost 29, and so it would just take too damn long. And I I would just much rather tell you to go on the uh, WWE Network, which is now Peacock, still the network if you're outside the U.S., and check this fucking match because it was goddamn incredible. If I mean, if you like their uh, submission match from WrestleMania 13, good God, this one was what a one a warm up for that match. And what do you Jesus, give this? Just, I I give it a four.
1: And ninety one percent gave it a five.
0: Well, and I'm I'm not I'm not complaining. But I'm not complaining about that. Yep.
1: Because this was a really great match. Now on to the next one. We had our final elimination tag team match for the night. So we're done with all those Survivor Series elimination matches. We had fake Diesel, a.k.a. Kane, and fake Razor Ramon, a.k.a. Rick Bogner.
0: Wait for a loose. minute, Kane was fake Diesel? Yeah. Holy shit, I never knew that.
1: Fake Razor Ramon, uh, a.k.a. Rick Bogner, Farouk Assad, yes, he had last name before it's just shortening into Farouk, and Vader versus Savio Vega, Yokozuna, Flash Funk, and Jimmy Snuka,
0: what a weird team. Well, and this ended up not being much of a match because it um, dissolved into a DQ pretty quickly. Um, so my question is, why book it um, if that was going to be the case? Especially with the prestige of um of a Survivor Series elimination match.
1: Now Ben, let me ask you, you do you know the story behind the fake diesel? No. Alright, let me pull this up for you because this is this is messed up. This was so brutal. Storyline wise it was ridiculous and it didn't work. I'm still pulling pulling it up here. So, okay. I'm going to read you a little paragraph, okay? This uh, will explain it, okay? Yeah. So in September of 1996, play-by-play announcer Jim Ross introduced Glenn Jacobs as Diesel and Rick Bogner as Razor Ramon as part of a heavily criticized storyline, mocking the departure of former employees Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, respectively. While attempting to portray Ross as a disgruntled employee, the pair competed primarily as a tag team, losing a tag team championship match to Owen Hart and British Bulldog at House 12th It's Time. As Diesel, he lost to the Undertaker via disqualification in the main event of the December 22nd edition of Superstars and defeated Mark Merrill on Shotgun Saturday night on January 11th 1997. Diesel and Ramon last appeared on television at the 1997 Royal Rumble, where Jacobs was the third to last participant. Jacobs Jacobs continued to work sporadic live events as Diesel through April. In mid-1997, Jacobs briefly returned to the United States Wrestling Association as Doomsday, winning the USWA Heavyweight Championship.
0: And, and, of course, um, we know what happened for him after that. Yep. So, uh... He returned his cane. Very good. And um, um
1: Well, who says he can't come d DBS so character didn't work?
0: Huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> a, demo, a demonic dentist. I knew who would have thought that wouldn't work? <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> um, but, um... Yeah, this is this is the match that uh definitely didn't need to happen. Um but the the ultimate surprise of the night was um the main event in terms of how good it was. Um because you know to be honest with you um psycho sid just I was a fan when I was a kid, but um but um you know, just as, as you get older, you realize that, you know, he wasn't that good. <clears throat> but having said that, this was the best Psycho Sid match I think I've ever seen. And it goes back to the old saying that, you know, Shawn Michaels could have a good match with a fucking broomstick. Um
1: have yeah, a bang, you you know why? What? Because you, you are not the master...
0: Exactly. So, uh, so you, you
1: you wouldn't understand.
0: Apparently not.
1: <laughs>
0: what the hell? Go on. <laughs> apparently, apparently, I'm not the master and ruler of the world. Not that I ever wanted to be, but okay. Um But I get the reference. It's like go said. I got you. um. Um, but, um, but, you know, from a, from a psychological standpoint, I'm like, oh God, psycho is not, it's not a good thing to be. Um, and, and so they lock up to start the match. And as I'm watching this earlier today, I'm like, Sean, that's not a good idea. You know, if that's not a good idea for you of all people to lock up with Sid. And what happened? Sure enough, I was right. Because what happened exactly after the lockup? Sean got his ass whipped. So, so Sean was uh, getting his ass whipped for a while. He finally, um, he finally got loose... And slapped um, and slapped Sid in the face. Sid hits a big boot and then uh, slapped Sean in the face. I thought this was a wrestling match not a slap vest, but okay, uh, gorilla press slam for for Sid. Um, and then and then um, let's fast forward a little bit um, because I don't want to go through this whole thing. So the crowd, i was really surprised by the positive reaction from the crowd for for Sid. Um, I would have thought that positive reaction would have gone to um, to uh, Shawn Michaels, considering that he, he he had held the WWE title for seven months at this point yeah. and was, was really kicking ass. So I'm really surprised.
1: Then, did you watch uh, WrestleMania? No, hold on. Yeah, I, I guess it was about about a year in the making. Did you did you watch WrestleMania 5, uh, 11?
0: Yeah, I've seen that one.
1: Right. So the, did you watch the Monday Night Raw after?
0: No. Okay. So night, but...
1: so that was because uh, Sid was uh, Sid was uh, the bodyguard for Sean, right? Okay. Now on the Raw after WrestleMania Eleven. Sean said Sean gave Sid the night off, and Sid just like uh, lost it. So he's like, "You give me the night off," and he just like
0: power bombed the crap out of Sean Michaels. Uh, well, that's well, then that explains this match, sort of.
1: Right? Yeah. So, and of um, course, uh, Diesel, who he beat the night before, came out to to chase Sid off.
0: And. uh, I'll tell you what John Michaels had a habit of chasing everybody off his point because this was around the time that he was pissing everybody off backstage as well um and I can't wait to get into the in your house papers so it was gonna be fun yeah i, I um the ones of those that I've seen have been really good, so I'm looking forward to that as well yep uh, um but um yeah, so this got really good and and um Sid even hit a million dollar dream at one point um which was like holy crap um and then I'm trying to go I'm trying to go down to see where um where I am at this point oh yeah um and then uh and then Sid got off two counts as Sean was kept grounded went for the choke lamb Sean hits the classic um, heel move, thumb to the eye, sweet chin music off block, big choke slam. This was like the night of the most dope ass choke slams ever. Um, um, uh, Undertaker hit a really cool one in the mankind match, and um, and also Psycho Sid got a really good one off on uh, Sean just now in this match. So that was awesome. Um, and then, um, Sean gets the comeback, um, but then, uh, he gets shot down with a clothesline. Now, this is where things get interesting. So, the, um, the cameraman starts getting up on the, uh, or the, the, I'm sorry, Sid, Sid starts grabbing the camera off the cameraman because I guess he's getting frustrated that he can't put um put Michaels away um so so instead of blasting Michaels with the camera he blasts Jose Lothario who's who's out there with Michaels at this point because remember he trained Michaels and was um. And was with him as a mentor in this situation, uh, warning him consistently. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, so I oh! Taken... Sorry? I'm sorry. Ah, I thought
1: you froze up a minute on my screen, so. Sorry, no, you momentarily froze on my screen saying my internet connection isn't stable.
0: Oh, no, I think you're good. Okay, good. Um, so... So then, uh... Lothario is up on the apron. Um, Sid has the camera. Looks like he's gonna hit Michaels with it, but instead he hits Lothario. Um... Sean uh, Sean goes to check on Jose because that's his trainer and mentor and the one that's been training him for this match, constantly warning him, you know, don't get caught with the power bomb. You get caught with the power bomb, you're going to be in trouble. Um, so they really play up the fact that Lothario's in trouble, and that's what really, um, really causes Sean to get distracted. JR is even saying, well, I hope – I hope Luzey is not having a heart attack. Right. If someone again goes to check on him after knocking uh, Sid down, Sid eventually rolls him back in the ring. Um, and, uh, and uh, let's see. And eventually gets hit with the camera and hits the powerbomb for the win. And, and this one shocked the hell out of me because... If you'd ask me who wins the match between Shawn Michaels and Psycho Sid, my my answer is going to be Shawn Michaels every single time.
1: And Ben, I'm just looking up it in Lothario. Yeah. All right. On Wikipedia, it has born on December 12, 1933 in Monterrey, Nuevo León, Mexico. Died November 6th.
0: 2018. Oh, he had a, he had a nice long
1: life, didn't he? So, uh, four days ago, November 6th, of 2018.
0: we good for him. Yeah. That's awesome. So and, he,
1: uh, he was 84 years old. Wow. All right. Yeah. So, is that all we have for this match? Absolutely. Okay, what do you give this
0: one? I I would give it a um, I I would give it a four. I thought this was really good. Sixty percent gave it a four star.
1: So overall, what did you give this whole pay per view?
0: Um, I I would give it a, I I would give it a three and a half star.
1: Okay, 41% one with four. Okay, well, that's understandable. All right, so that is uh, Survivor Series 1996. All right, fans, due to technical difficulties, uh, we are going to skip wrestling millet for this evening. We'll be back. It will return on Tuesday night when we bring you our full Gear predictions. So, Ben, way see we
0: close out the show for this week. Very good, my friend, and uh, thank you for joining me this evening. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a marathon of wrestling for me this week. This is my, like I said earlier, this is my fourth wrestling podcast. So, if, it, if at any point I sounded burned out, I do apologize, but I will be back fresh as a daisy. Come Tuesday. Well, until then. I've been Ben Pierce, he's been Elio and we are the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. And remember, if you can't find us, you're lying, because we're everywhere. We'll see you next time.